Thank you for tuning in to another podcast as we continue on in this series of important questions of the Bible and looking at different questions that are brought up either to Jesus or by Jesus. Um, oftentimes, it involves Jesus, and so that's what we are looking at. And we're in Matthew chapter 19, and we're going to read verse 20. A rich young man has come before Jesus and begins to talk to him, and we'll deal with the other things that is talked about in just a moment, but we're going to look at this question um, starting out, and that is Matthew 19.20. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? What lack I yet? So this powerful question, and, and the young man professes his religion and his righteousness. I've done all of these things from my youth up. What is it that I'm missing? Have you ever just felt like inside of yourself that you were missing something? That there was just something that wasn't quite connected the way that it should be. I think this what that's what this rich young ruler is dealing with. He's he's done all of the rules. He's abided by all of the religious things. He he's obeyed the commandments, but there's something that he is missing. What am I lacking in my life? I can almost promise you When you ask this question of God, you are not going to find pleasure in his response. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And before we go around waving our banner, we better remember we're not perfect either. And so a lot of people like to try to point their fingers of judgment at others when they're just as guilty themselves. None of us like to look at what we lack. Do we? None of us like to look at what we lack. We like to look at the things that we are succeeding in, the things that we are doing right, the things that makes us look good to other people. But when it comes to the things we're falling short in, boy, we'll run away from that with everything inside of us. The first point, Jesus deals first of all with the, with the moral and religious issue. That is often going to be the case. In fact, I would go as far as to say that it will actually always be the case. Jesus is going to deal with the moral and religious issue. If you want to enter into eternal life. Now, that was the original question that the young man asked. What shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus gives him the moral and religious issue. If you want to enter into eternal life, this is eternal life. As for the question that was originally asked, keep the commandments. This is what you are to do. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That was a different place. 
but we are to abide by his commandments and and don't think in any in any way in any way that this message is disputing that always remember they were not suggestions they were commandments when god gives a command it is expected that we will abide by it and Jesus establishes that in this conversation. What do I need to do to have eternal life? Keep the commandments. But Jesus knew that this young man was very religious. Most likely he was a Pharisee. And as a Pharisee, he would have, the rules would have been absolute. I mean, they abided by the rules with everything inside of them. And so Jesus knew that the, that the man was very religious and that he could easily deal with this question. Okay, so abiding by the commandments was not a hard thing for this young man to answer. But there was something deeper that he was missing. Going to a good church and obeying all the rules is good. But it will not fill your soul. It will not fill your cup. It, it, it will not meet that desire inside of you for a relationship with Jesus Christ. So you can abide by all of the rules and still be lost. Okay? The young man was a good man. He has abided by the commandments since his youth. That's what he says. And Jesus doesn't challenge that in any way. So he's a good man. He looks righteous on the surface, but he's lacking something. He needed something radical to happen. And that's where most people are at today. They need to stop going through the motions and have an encounter with Jesus. So often we know so much about Jesus, but we have little relationship with him. And unfortunately, in many places, that deeper relationship isn't even encouraged. It is just abide by all the rules. Do everything we tell you. Make sure that you put money in the offering plate. Make sure that you read so many verses a day. Make sure that you pray for so long every day. Make sure that you abide by all of the rules. But often what happens is that we do it out of duty and not out of relationship. I have said many, many times, I do not serve God because he commands me to. I serve God because I love him. I want to. I want to do it. it. He doesn't have to tell me to do it. I want to do it. Now, do I mess up? Yes, because like everybody else, I'm not perfect. But that desire is there. And when I don't fulfill that, I will quickly feel that I am lacking something, even if I am abiding by all of the rules. So we need to stop going through the motions and have a legitimate encounter with God. Point number two, 
if thou wilt be perfect. Jesus brings it right down to the point. Okay, you've done all of these other things. But in verse 21, after the young man has asked the question, what lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect. Okay, if you don't want the surface religion anymore, let's get down to the depths of your being. Let's get down to who you really are. Because again, if you are really a Christian, you usually won't balk at keeping the basic commandments. Most genuine Christians would never think of killing someone or cheating on their spouse or stealing. That, that's easy. Sometimes the bearing false witness and loving your neighbor as yourself, that can be a problem, <laughs> can't it? But that's another message. It is when God gets to the sacrifice and the total obedience that most turn away sorrowful. Was it fun for Abraham to take Isaac up the hill and lay him on the altar in sacrifice? Do you think that Abraham was smiling and laughing and enjoying this experience? No, because we don't enjoy sacrifice. That's why we've done away with sacrifice. We've made being a Christian something that no longer requires the carrying of the cross. We, we've made it so simple and easy that it, there's no more sacrifice there. Self-sacrifice is a message that you rarely hear preachers talk about in this day and time because we don't like to sacrifice. God brought Abraham to this moment. Abraham was again a godly man. He has followed God. He's followed God all of the way. And God brings him to that point where it's like, we're going to get you into the depths of your being. You're going to take your son that you love and lay him on an altar and sacrifice him to me. See, when we come to that point, that then the obedience becomes really tough. And this rich young ruler turned away sorrowful because he didn't want to make the sacrifice. What was the sacrifice that Jesus said to him? Go and sell that thou hast and give it to the poor, that and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. What must I do to gain eternal life? That's what he said in the beginning. Okay, and, and Jesus gives him the commandments. And then he's like, what lack I yet? Go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. Your riches will be great in heaven. And come and follow me. I want all of the good moral people to hear this. We might condemn this young man in this story, but most will not even give 10% to God, let alone sell all that they have. Well, I just became unpopular, didn't I? In the foreign countries, the people often walk for miles in treacherous situations to get to a worship service. 
We have automobiles that can get us there in an instant. And if it's raining a little bit, we don't want to go out because we might get wet. We went through a few years ago here this insanity when the government shut down the churches and the churches became afraid to come together and worship God. Many churches have never recuperated from this. They still are shut down or only at a very minimal attendance because of that. What lack I yet? What lack we yet? It's funny that Jesus went on to say it's hard for a rich man to enter in. And many of the ministries are teaching us that we should be rich. I know that's another message too. But isn't it, isn't it interesting that there's these big television and radio ministries that's telling everybody if they were just good enough Christians with, with enough faith that they would have a diamond ring on every finger, a multi-million dollar home, a fancy new car. They would have everything that they wanted because God wants you to prosper. If you believe that, you need to go read that chapter when God says that all that you lay your hands to will prosper and find out what he's talking about because he wasn't talking about you were going to get rich. So Jesus says, verse 23, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. He goes on to say, and again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. It's just a moment to dispute a, a common attitude. It is taught that when Jesus said that, that he was talking about a gate that entered into the city that was known as the eye of the needle because the camel had to get down on its knees and, and literally crawl into that. And so they say that's what he was talking about. I disagree. I think he was talking about an eye of a needle. I think he was making the point that it is impossible for this to happen. But with God, in verse 26, but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. So is it possible for a rich person to make it into heaven? Absolutely. But in human realm, it is impossible because it is very, very hard to lay down the riches and follow Christ the way that we knew, know that we should. So it's interesting that Jesus says it's hard for a rich man to enter, but many of the ministries tell you if you were a good Christian, you'd be rich. Maybe we should begin to realize that many of the ministries are teaching heresy. Just straight up, no apology for saying that whatsoever. They are just straight up teaching heresy. Number three, 
When God takes things away or asks us to give things up, it isn't because he wants or needs them. It is because they block off the flow from him to us. They get in the way, and that is the issue. God was not saying to this rich young ruler, you know, I mean, my church really, really needs you to give it all of your money because it is really lacking and I have no way for it to be blessed unless you do that. That is not true. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God has all the resources that he needs. God does not tell you to tithe or to give offering because he has need of it. And ministers that say that are unbiblical heretics, including me if I say that, and I won't say that. It is because those things, those possessions, those desires, those joys block off the flow from him to us. Here is a man, listen to me, listen to me. Here is a man that would have been welcomed in almost every church that there is. He was upstanding. He obeyed the commandments. He has wealth and most likely paid his tithes because that was expected as a ruler. And so he pays his tithes. And boy, the church is never going to turn away a rich man that pays their tithes. He would have been professed as a great, righteous, holy man of God and declared to sainthood by the civic-minded churches. And Jesus says, that is good. That is good that you do all of those things. Jesus never said when the young man, again, when the young man says, I've done these things from my youth, Jesus says, well, that doesn't make any difference. That doesn't matter. That's not good. No, he, he recognizes that that is a good thing. But do you want to be perfect? This is what you lack. You are doing all of the legal things that you should be doing. This is what you lack. Get rid of everything that you possess and follow me. Instead of you possessing things, Jesus says, let me possess you. I'll be your source. I'll be your provider. Follow me and get rid of the baggage that is standing in your way between you and me. What lack I yet? That's what you're lacking, young man. And the young man recognized that he was very, very wealthy. And that's number four. He turned away and walked away sad. He turned away and walked away sad. Victory is robbed when sacrifice and obedience is lacking. I, I, I yeah, yes, I, I, I want eternal life. All of us want eternal life, don't we? 
if you would say to me that you are listening to this podcast and you do not desire eternal life, you need to contact me for counseling because you need help. But the problem is, is that really deep down, we don't want to get past that. I've known people that wanted to serve God, but they couldn't give up a boyfriend or a spouse or a girlfriend that was gender neutral. They couldn't give up a lifestyle. They couldn't give up possessions. And so they had the desire. The desire was there to do what God wanted them to do, but they just weren't willing to give it up. Sometimes it even takes giving up things that seem strange, like giving up ministry. Because oftentimes we allow ministry to define who we are instead of who we are defining our ministry. <laughs> Boy, think on that one for a little bit. And and so we come to God and and, you, you know, I remember in, in my early ministry life, I, I, I remember this actually happening. I, I was talking to the Lord and it's like, I want to serve you. I'm ready to go into foreign lands. That was when I was a lot younger. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm ready to go. You just say the word and I'm ready to conquer the world for you. The Holy Spirit began to minister into my heart. And he said, who's the neighbor across the street? And I said, I don't know. I don't have time to socialize with the neighbors. I'm busy doing your work. Who's the neighbor to your right? I don't know that either, Lord. I'm, I'm too busy doing ministry. I don't have time to bother with the neighbors. Mike, who's your neighbor on the left? Lord, I'm sorry. I don't know who they are. Who's the neighbor behind you? By then, I kind of felt like Peter when Jesus was asking him, do you love me? And kept asking that. I was like, Lord, you, you know, look at all of these things I'm doing for you. I don't socialize with people. His response to me was, so you expect me to send you clear across the world and trust you to handle that when you can't even Minister to your own neighbors within a few feet of you. Wow. You talk about stopping you in your tracks. Let me tell you something, friends. Let me tell you this. I didn't win my neighbors to Jesus Christ, but let me tell you something. Before I moved out of that neighborhood, I knew every neighbor surrounding me. And they knew that I was a minister and what I stood upon. You, you see, we, we want to serve the Lord. We want to do what the Lord wants us to do, but we want to do it on our terms. So we tell God what we want to do and then expect him to just validate it. And at some point, 
And, and God knows I, I reached that in my ministry career some three, four years ago, some four years ago. Where I was like, God, I'm doing all of this stuff, but something isn't right. And he started this concept with me using the words of John the Baptist. I must decrease that he may increase. And ministry as I knew it has been demolished. My ideals and agenda have been demolished. And I praise God for every piece of rubble that has been left behind. What do I lack? Get rid of everything in your life that stands in the way between Christ and you. And your reward will be great in heaven. Because my friends, there's no greater words that you will ever, ever hear than well done, good and faithful servant. That is the greatest words that you will ever hear. So if you go before the throne with all kinds of accumulated material goods, and you say to God, look at what good I did and how much I gained, and I have obeyed every one of your commandments. And God will say to you, I told you to get rid of the things that was in the way and come and follow me. So are you following him today? If you are feeling like that maybe something is lacking, maybe that is where it is, is in the way that you are following him. And I encourage you to take some time, put some thought into it. What are you lacking? Because I promise you, as I ministered this to you today, I ask myself that question. What am I lacking?